Amen. Well, let me ask you a question here. And this is for all of us. Who here wants our faith to increase? I think most of us come here because we do want to grow in our faith. I think many of us are here because we want to just grow in the things of the Lord. And one of those is growing in our faith. And we know that today as we're going through the book of Joshua, we're actually in Joshua chapter 3. And so as you're opening up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3, we know one thing is that we will be taught today by the author and the finisher of our faith. And as we're taught by the author and finisher of our faith, he is going to show us that when we walk in faith, that will unleash the power of God. They will unleash, this faith of ours will unleash actually the wonders of God. They, it will unleash the miracles of God. And this is what God wants us to know. See, without faith in him, we will not see, or we cannot see, I should say, the wonders and the miracles that he wants to do through us. See, it's important to have this faith, and this is what we're going to be talking about. It's about growing in our faith. It's about walking by faith. It's about expecting God to do great things as we put our trust in him. See, if we have any issues with our faith, by the end of today's study, it is God's desire that we would grow in this area, that we would no longer lack this faith, that we would be encouraged to actually step out in faith in the things that God has promised and in the things that God has asked us to do. And we know one thing, that as we do this, as we hear his word, we know one thing, that our faith is going to increase. Let me share with you this scripture from Romans 10. Verse 17, it says there, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, today we are going to hear the word of God. We are going to listen to the word of God. And God desires that each one of us would allow his word to grow our faith. This is his desire. This is what he wants from us. And this is exactly what we're going to, what, what, what God wants to accomplish as we begin to read here in, uh, in Joshua chapter 3. And with that, why don't we read the chapter and then we'll go verse by verse just expounding on it. In verse 1 of chapter 3, there in Joshua, it says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Akasha Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses... So I will be with you. 
You shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he is with, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Parasites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as, they, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from the upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeritan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabay, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. You know, what you have here, this is just an amazing miracle of God. And this miracle could not take place unless the people had faith in God. See, I want us to understand that, that the miracle could not take place unless they had faith in God. And as we go into this, I just want to give you details about this very subject and about the very things that are happening here. I don't know if you recall in chapter 2, we had the two spies. We had two spies that went into Jericho. And we know that when they came back from Jericho, they had a great report. Remember, they reported to the Israelites, they reported to Joshua that the people were fearful, that the people were gutless, that the people were without courage. And they said that this was the case with these people because they knew that God was on their side. See, the people there in Jericho knew that God was on the side of the Israelites. And they knew that it was God that had freed the Israelites. They knew that it was God that had provided and protected them. They knew that it was God that was with them, and it, they knew that it was God that was conquering their enemies, the enemies of Israel. And so these people in Jericho, they were without courage. They were without fear. They were with fear. They were, they were gutless, as, as the Scriptures told us. And based on this report, one thing we know is that 
as soon as they heard this report, that was at the end of chapter 2, when the two spies shared this with him, that immediately Joshua took action. And this says something here. It says something about the faith that Joshua had. See, he immediately told the people, as we're told here in verse 1 of chapter 3, he immediately told them, they, rose, they woke up the next morning after they heard the report, and he told them, you know what? It's time to cross. It's time to go over the Jordan River. In other words, it's time for action. See, this faith that Joshua had, he just heard the report. He had, God had spoken to him and says, hey, I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm going to allow you to conquer these enemies and you're going to take the land that I'm giving you. I'm going to give it to you. And so he sent the two spies. And the two spies come with the report. And immediately he takes action. See, this is what's important. See, when it comes to our faith in God, when we hear the promises of God, or when God speaks to us, when he gives us his word, do we immediately take action? See, this is what God wants to speak to us about. See, this man immediately began to step out in faith. And he began to move and move the people towards the promised land. See, what happens to us many times is we lack faith in what God has said and in the promises of God. And what happens with many of us is we begin to think about these things, right? We begin to think, well, maybe, you know what, the promise of God or the Word of God, it's not for me at this time. Or maybe, you know what, maybe I just need to do it later. Or maybe, you know what, I need to take my time with this. Instead of just walking in faith. See, instead of stepping out in faith, instead of me immediately moving out in faith. See, and this is what God wants to teach us. See, as you hear His Word, as He speaks to us, he wants us to immediately begin to walk in these things, knowing that we're going to receive these things, just like Joshua. I'm going to share something with you that just happened this past Sunday. And it was something that God had already pressed within my heart. As you know, on Sundays, we're out of parking stalls. There's no parking in, on the, in the parking lot anymore. And so what happened on Sunday, on Sunday is that God had already put it upon my heart. You know what? We need to... You know what? Ask the school behind us if we can use their school parking lot. And so, you know what? I hadn't acted on it. And on Sunday, I happened to see one of our church uh, uh, members. And it dawned on me, you know what? She works there as well as two other ladies that work there that attend our church. And so I thought, you know what? As I saw her, I said, you know what? I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her for the phone number, right? So that I can call up whoever the supervisor is there and ask them if we can use their parking space. And so she's, you know, as she gave me the number, I asked her, well, you know, well, what do you think about that? Do you think that they're going to be open to it? She says, you know what, the boss is, you know what, she's cool, she's nice, and you know what, I don't know, I don't think she'll have a problem, but I, I don't really know. He says, but here's, she told me, here's the number, give her a call. So what happens is uh, she tells me, call her on Monday. I know Monday was a very hectic day. It was a busy day for me, and I didn't have an opportunity. Then Tuesday, I wanted to take her number with me, the number of the supervisor, and I forgot it. And I was thinking, man, I really wanted to call her today. 
So then I get a call from the member of the church. And the member of the church tells me, she says, guess what? I talked to the supervisor. And the supervisor said, you know what? There's no issue in us using their parking lot. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is amazing because, see, what God has given us, he's given us an additional 13 parking stalls. I mean, 30 parking stalls. I, I'm sorry. 30 parking stalls with four additional handicapped spaces. But, see, as I thought about that, right, I thought to myself, God had put it in my heart. And if I would have not have stepped out in faith to move forward in what God had put upon my heart, we would never have had that. See, as God puts these things in our hearts, as God speaks to us, as God shares his word with us, he just wants us to move by faith, right, with childlike faith, just saying, you know what, God, I'm going to move forward in it and let you do the rest. See, for me, I didn't have to do anything, right? God was just asking me to step out in faith and to do what? To begin to ask, right? Begin to move forward in the things that God had asked me to do. And when I did that, see, God worked out the rest. See, this is the way God works, but we as a people must begin to just look or actually walk in the things that he is asking us to do. See, God wants to do wonders. He wants to do miracles. But we, he can't do them unless we begin to what? Step out in faith, right? See, in other words, when we step out in faith, he begins to move in action. And he begins to do these things because, see, it's for his glory and for his honor. It has nothing to do with us. Understand this. There is nothing that is too difficult for God to do. You must believe that. See, as a people of God, we must know that there is nothing that is too difficult for our God to do. If we begin to doubt that God can do certain things, then we're lacking in trust. We're lacking in understanding of how great our God is. See, you and I serve a big God. And the big God that we serve, as I shared it with you in the past, our big God wants to do big things. He doesn't want to limit himself to doing small things in our lives. He wants to do great, big, mighty, wonderful, wondrous, marvelous, amazing things in our lives. And this is what we're going to see here in Joshua. This is what he wants to teach us as we go through this chapter. See, what's so amazing about this is that there were 2 million people that were there with Joshua. Imagine that, 2 million people, right? And they were there in Acacia Grove, Acacia Grove. And as they were there in Acacia Grove, all of a sudden he tells them, you know what? He hears a report the next morning. He gets up and he says, hey, pack your bags. We're moving on. We're going to go in and take what God has promised us. See, he was going to move them seven to ten miles from Acacia Grove to the Jordan River right before Jericho. And let's see what happens after that. In verse 2 it says, So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed 
this way before. So what happens here is that you have these people that are fired up just like Joshua. Understand this. See, none of these people began to tell Joshua, you know what, Joshua? I know we had the two spies, but let's think about this before we go. See, what you have here is a group of people, two million believers, a body of believers that are believing in God, that have their faith in him. And what happens with these two million people is that as Joshua tells them that we're going to head out, they head out. And so they're there just waiting, right, for three days, it says. And you know what's so awesome about this? Is that these people were not like the first generation. These people, this second generation of believers were actually, at this point, united as one. See, they were not only united, but they were also fired up. See, they were all encouraged in knowing that their God was going to do great things. See, they heard the word of Joshua, right? And they knew what God had done through them. They had heard the reports of the first generation, and they had seen for themselves how God was conquering their enemies and how he was just using them as instruments. And as I was thinking about this, right, I was thinking about the fact that there are two million people here that are fired up for God and they're united to do what God is asking them to do. You know, as I thought about that, right, it came to my mind, how amazing, right, is it for a body of believers to be united and passionate about God? Imagine the great things that God can do with a body of believers that are passionate about God and that are united as one. See, that's what you have here, right? And this is when God can work. See, when, you, when, when these people are walking by faith, God is going to do miracles. God is going to do an amazing work through them. And what Joshua tells them, he says there, you know what, when you see the ark, when you see the, uh, the priest carrying the ark, and as they move forward, what I want you to do is I want you to follow the ark. I want you to follow it. But I don't want you to follow them closely. I don't want you to follow the priest and the ark closely. I actually want you to follow that ark at a distance. You got to follow, you got to be behind him. It says, what did it say, 200 or 2,000 cubits? It says there, 2,000 cubits, right? You know how many 2,000 cubits are? That's 3,000 feet. He says, I want you to be 3,000 feet, all the people behind the ark and the priest. You think to yourself, why would he want him 3,000 feet behind the ark and the priest? Well, you would think to yourself, right? If they're 3,000 feet behind him, then they can see where the ark is going, and they can see, because remember, you're talking about 2 million people. We're not just talking about 100. We're not talking about 1,000. We're not talking about 10,000. We are talking about 2 million people. So in order for them to see where the priest and the ark is going, they had to be at a distance. Okay? I truly believe that it is much more than that. And I'm going to talk about this because I believe that this is extremely critical in our time today. See, what 
Joshua was telling the people. See, the people needed to be at a distance because not anyone can approach God. Okay? See, we must always understand what we see lacking in the church today and what you see lacking in a body of believers is the fear of God. Okay? We have lost this fear of God. And what's so amazing is that my wife had no idea what I was going to be teaching on. But when she was up here giving, uh, leading us in worship, one of her prayers was that we would have a fear of God, that we would have a reverence for God. See, this is what I believe Joshua was trying to remind the people of. See, you just can't approach God in any fashion. See, we must always remember that God is holy and that we as a people must have a fear of God, which means that you will have not only a reverence for God, but you will have a respect for God and who he is. See, and this is what's lacking. See, because if people truly had a fear of God today, which Joshua is reminding us today of, then people wouldn't be practicing sin, would they? And thinking that if they come to church and come on Sundays, come midweek, you know what, that everything's okay, even though they practice sin at home. See, if you truly understood who God was, you would definitely have a fear. You would definitely have a respect. You would definitely have a reverence for him. See, we are reminded today that you and I are to have a fear of God. You and I are to remember who God is. God is holy. God is pure. God is righteous. And for us to approach him, we must approach him in that same fashion. Let me read to you a couple of scriptures that will bring this home. Luke 12, 5 says, But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. We are instructed here to fear God. You and I have been given an instruction to fear God. Why are we to fear him? Because he is God. He's holy. We must also have that commitment for holiness. You and I are to fear God because he deserves it, right? There's no one greater than him. You and I are to respect and have a reverence for God like no other. And see, and what is happening today in Christianity is that people are calling themselves Christians and yet they're living a different lifestyle that Christ has taught through the scriptures. See, they have no fear of God. They've lost their fear of God. Our generation has lost the fear of God. And yet we think that we can approach God in any fashion, even though we're sinning and we're not practicing what the Lord has asked us to do. And yet God is still going to, and we're still fine with God. See, this is what Romans 3.18 says. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is why people practice sin. This is why people are living lifestyles of sin that call themselves Christians. Not only are Christians lacking a fear of God, but also the world is lacking a fear of God, right? They don't know who they're dealing with. They have no idea. When they make a reference to God, what do they say? You know, well, you know what? There's the man upstairs, right? Think about that. I mean, 
This is how they're referencing God, the man upstairs. You know, as we think about these, right, these things, these people will one day see God for who he is. And yes, they will immediately have fear of him. They will drop to their knees. Unfortunately, it's going to be too late for them. See, what we have in our world today is a lack of fear. And we know that one thing that God wants to remind us of as we're going through the scriptures is to fear him. For he is God and he is holy and he is righteous and he is pure. And we know that the only way to approach God is for us to be also holy and pure. And how does this righteousness come upon us? It comes upon us when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. See, that gives us a right standing before God. And the only way to have this right standing is when we place our faith in God. And we know that as we place our faith in God, we're going to live and we're going uh, to yield to what, God, to what the Lord says. Let's keep reading in verse 5. It says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. You know, as we see here, I love what Joshua says. Do you see what he says there? He says, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The Lord will do wonders among you. See, Joshua knew one thing. He knew that God was going to do amazing things. See, he had the faith in the Lord that God was going to do these great things, these miraculous things, these wondrous things. He says, God is going to do great things. And what I want you to do is I want you to sanctify yourselves. You know what's amazing about this is that Joshua didn't say, you know what, we're going into battle, right? And what I want you to do is I want you to put your armor on. I want you to sharpen your blades. I want you to get your artillery, you know, and I want you to get ready for the battle. You know what he says? As they're going to cross the Jordan, you know what he says? He says, you know what, we must sanctify ourselves. Why would he say that? One thing that Joshua knew is that the presence of God was going to be there. And the presence of God, God himself was going to do a miracle. And because he was going to do a miracle, he was asking them to cleanse themselves, to wash themselves. See, Joshua knew how we as a people must approach God. And when we approach him, cleanse by the blood, walking by faith, he knows he was explaining that God will do miracles. See, God was going to do an amazing thing here. And as God was going to do this amazing miracle, Joshua was telling them, I want you guys to sanctify yourselves. And what he was saying was, wash yourselves clean and see what God is going to do. Verse 7 goes on to say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish up. He says, so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. This was the priest. And verse 7 goes on to say, And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priest who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, 
when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Let's first talk about what he says there in verse 7. The Lord, what he tells Joshua is that he says, I am going to exalt you. In other words, what he is saying is that, you know what? People are going to know that I am with you, okay? People are going to know that I chose you as a leader. People are going to know without a doubt that I am with you. See, one thing about God as he chooses leaders, he raises them up and he brings them down. And we have the examples here of King David, right, and King Saul. We know that he rose up King Saul to be a priest because the people wanted a priest, and that was man's choice, not God's choice. And so God raised up this king, but we know that there was a time with King Saul that he took him down. See, there was a time that the Spirit of God dwelt with Saul, and then there was a time when God's Spirit moved away from Saul. See, what happens here is that whenever God chooses a leader, it is he that, is raised, that raises them up. It's God that chooses these leaders. See, and when God chooses a leader, God will always show his hand upon the leadership. And what I mean by this is that as he is talking to Joshua about exalting him, he is going to prove this by the miraculous works that he does. So in other words, what God is saying, you know what? I will show myself to be with you because you will see me do or the people will see me do these miracles. See, this is for me an amazing thing about God. See, because God knew from Joshua 1.17. In Joshua 1.17, the people let Joshua know that they would wholly follow him as long as God was with him. In other words, as they saw the hand of God upon Joshua leading and guiding him, then they would follow Joshua. And because God knows everything, God hears everything, and God knows that he needs to confirm his hand upon the leadership, that he needed to do something to confirm this, right? So that the people can be behind him, so that the people can follow the leader that God has chosen. See, this is what's so awesome. And why I say this is because, see, whenever God raises up a leader, he will do miracles through that place. He's going to do miracles through the place or through the shepherd that he, has, uh, that he has raised up. And it's not really to bring glory and honor to the shepherd or to the person, but it's really to bring him glory and honor. And what I mean by this is a principle that John the Baptist said. And do you remember what John the Baptist said? He said about Jesus, he said, you know what? There comes a time when I must decrease and Jesus must what? Must increase. See, John knew that he was here just to take a back seat. And this is exactly what God does. See, if you have a leader that brings glory and honor to the Lord, the Lord is going to move. I want you to know one thing about this place. This place is not designed for anyone to 
bring praise to the leadership, to the men that lead, or to the women that teach. It's not about that. See, this place is about uh, this place is all about bringing glory and honor to the Lord. And this is what we hear. This is what we have here because you're going to see what Joshua says when we begin to read the next portion of Scripture. See, God cannot work powerfully in a place that brings glory and honor to the man that leads the church. See, the man that leads the church must always take the back seat and allow God to lead. See, when a man yields to the Spirit of God, God is going to move. God is going to move powerfully. God is going to do miracles. God is going to do wonders. God is going to do amazing things. And these will begin to unfold. You know, as we as a church, as we've been just yielding to the Lord, as you know what, he took us on our journey, as we've been walking the city of La Puente and uh, going from different place to different place, we've seen God's hand move with us. And as he's brought us into this place, we've seen God move, right? Because we've taken a back seat and we've allowed God to lead us by his spirit. Not me leading, it's just God. We're just doing what God wants us to do, right? What the Lord wants us to do. Because this is his church. And for those, of us, for those of you that have been with us from the very beginning, you've seen this thing happen. You've seen how God is moving and how God is leading and, and how God is doing his work through us. As we go on to read in verse 9, it says, So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Parasites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take for yourself twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters that come down from the upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. I want you to know one thing. Joshua really didn't know what God was going to do. He knew God was going to do something great. See, because what Joshua knew is what he knew in verse seven and eight, right? He only told the priest, I mean, he only told Joshua that when the priests go into the edge of the water of the Jordan, all they are to do is to stand there. Okay, that's all he told them. He didn't tell him that the waters would stop. He didn't tell him that, you know what, that guess what, there's going to be these, these, the, the water like a, a heap of stone. In other words, they're going to be like stones, like a stone wall that is keeping the water from coming forward. See, what you saw here is an amazing act of faith that Joshua exercised. See, Joshua told them that God was going to stop the waters, even though Joshua wasn't told that by the Lord. See, when you look at Joshua and where he's at, remember one thing about Joshua. Joshua was the assistant of Moses. And what Joshua saw 
he saw great things that God did as Moses was leading the people, right? And one of the great things and one of the miracles that God did was when he parted the Red Sea. Remember, he parted the Red Sea. And Joshua saw this. And Joshua knew that in order for me to get, uh, for us as two million people to get across the Jordan River, God has to stop the water. That's the only way he can do it. There's no other way that this water is going to be able to stop, right? He tells the people, he says, guess what? When the priests step into the water, the water will become like a heap. And what that means is that the waters will stop. They will be like a stone wall, and the waters won't be able to come forward. See, as we think about this, right, you think to yourself, the faith that Joshua had to be able to say what God would do without God telling him, because he knew it in his heart that this was the only way, and God had to do this, right? If God is with him, then God can do these things. You know, as we think about Joshua remembering what God did, how many of us, and I know this happens to all of us, it's happened to me. When God does a miracle in our lives, right, we know that he does something that no one else could do. It's an impossible thing, and God does it. And about an hour later, we forget about how great it was. There's some of us that maybe we remember it and we know it and a week passes by and then we forget about it. There's some of us that, you know what, we remember for weeks and then a month passes by and then we forget about it. And for some of us, we may remember, but a year passes by and then we forget. And then we have, we, God uses somebody to come to remind us of what God did a month ago, a year ago, whatever it was, to remind us that God does great things. See, you and I serve a big God. And Joshua remembered. He didn't forget what God did. And he used it at a time when he needed it most, right? to trust and to believe and to place his faith in God, that as God, you parted the Red Sea back 40 years ago, that you can do the same thing here in the Jordan River. See, this is what's so amazing, and this is what excites me, is the fact that, you know what, as we see the faith of Joshua, this is the same faith that God wants us to exercise. He doesn't want us to lack faith in what he can do, because he can do great things. See, God wants you and me to know that I am a big God and I want to do great things. Exercise faith and you will see me do these things. If we're not exercising faith in what God can do, then how is it that God is going to do great things in our life? See, great things aren't just reserved for Joshua, for Moses, for King David, for the apostles. They're reserved for all of us. But we must exercise faith. We must come to a place of believing wholeheartedly the word of God and the promises of God. See, whatever God has given you as a promise, whatever word God, the word, whatever word God has given you, God wants you to believe it wholeheartedly. He doesn't want you doubting these promises. He doesn't want you doubting his word. 
you and I must come to a place of believing whatever he has said to be true and to walk and step out in believing it. This is what God wants from us. God wants our faith to grow as we see the example of Joshua. See, you and I have the responsibility now as he is teaching us these things, to begin to exercise him. See, if God isn't, he's teaching all of us right now that what I am teaching you now through Joshua, that I want you guys to step out in faith now. So now he's going to hold you accountable to believing this. He doesn't want us lacking faith. See, and as his word is so true, faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. See, Joshua is a man that exercised great faith. And what I love as he says this, he says and he reminded them that who they serve is a living God. See, as he mentioned them, right, he mentioned this to them. He said that, you know what, the God that we serve, understand this, that he is a living God. And knowing that he is alive should bring us comfort that this God that is alive, he is going to do these great things. As we go into verse 14, it says there, So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still, and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is besides Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Erebah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. You know, the miracle that happened here, as we began to read there in verse 14, that the people got up because they saw the priest get up, as we were told previously, and they walked 3,000 feet before, behind the priest. And when they saw the priest put their feet on the edge of the water, that all of a sudden, the Jordan River, the waters were held back. Where they were held back was in the city of Adam. And Adam is actually 15 miles north, 15 to 20 miles north of where they were. And what's interesting, and I want to bring this up to you because this is key to understanding how God does great things. It says, for the Jordan overflows all its bank during the whole time of harvest, as it says there in verse 15. See, there is a time when the Jordan overflows. It is so overflowing with water that it just, there's water everywhere. See, the Jordan normally, normally it's about 100 feet wide. That's what the Jordan is. But what happens is during this harvest time at the spring flood season, the river overflows to its bank 
and becomes a mile wide. It's like the flood alerts that we see going on within the states. That's the way it happens over there. And because it happens this way, this is a time when God stopped the waters. Imagine it just wasn't a time when the Jordan was just, what, 100 miles wide? I mean, I'm sorry, 100 feet wide? It was when it was overflowing, when it was huge, is when he stopped the waters. See, the reason why God stopped the waters at this time was because all of the people believed. See, they were united as one in believing what God was going to do. They all got up and followed the priest as Joshua had commanded them. And as they followed the priest as Joshua had commanded them, they were walking and stepping out in faith. God sees the faith of these people and God immediately moves. And what's so amazing about this is just like he did in the Red Sea. See, Joshua finishes by telling us that God, not only did he hold up the water from flowing down, but he dried the ground that they walked on. Why would he say that? Because he wants to remind us of the miracles that God does. We've all seen outside, right? It's been raining, right? What happens with the dirt as it rains? It becomes what? Mud, right? And as it becomes mud, how are you going to cross in mud, especially when you have 2 million people? Imagine what that's going to create. So what does God do? He dries up the ground. Again, proving to us how awesome and amazing he is. Not only did he want to do this, but he also wanted to prove to the people that God was with Joshua. See, the people needed to hear one thing. They needed to see one thing. And what they needed to see was the fact that God worked miracles as Joshua was leading the people. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 14, it talks about this very day. It says, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. See, this proved to the people that God's hand was with Joshua. These people walked in faith. And this was the only way that God was able to work the way he worked. And then in verse 17, it finishes by saying, Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had completely, had crossed completely over the Jordan. I'm going to share something with you. And this is going to be something to meditate, something to chew on. Because as we leave this place, right, God has spoken to us about increasing our faith. And he expects us to move forward in our faith. What I want you to chew on and I want you to meditate on, and this is something for us to examine our own hearts and examine our own minds. 
If you and I are not moving forward in faith, then you and I are moving backward in disbelief. Remember that. How many of us have been called to move forward? You and I have been called to move forward in our Christian walk. See, God is actually admonishing us and encouraging us to be moving forward in faith. See, because if we are lacking in faith, then you're moving backwards in this area. And God understands where we all are. Understand that God isn't here to condemn anybody because he doesn't do that. Anyone that is in Christ, there is no condemnation. But see, he wants us to be moving forward in him, right? He wants you to be reminded of all the miracles that he's done and that he's going to do. Because see, God can do all things. And God will do all things that to us seem impossible. But to him, they're not. Remember there was a man that came to Jesus regarding his son. And he wanted his son delivered, right? And what he asked the Lord is he says, Lord, because God asked him, do you believe? And the Lord asked him, do you believe? And the man answered, and he says, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. See, there are many of us that are just like this man. And the Lord wants us to move forward in this area. See, none of us want to hinder any of the great things that God wants to do through our lives. And these things are hindered by our, this, or by our unbelief. See, the challenge for all of us today is really to come to a point of saying, Lord, I am going to believe no matter how impossible it seems. No matter how, you know what, just crazy it sounds. No matter how, you know what, impossible or, or unattainable it may be. I am going to come to a place of just believing that you can do it because you can and you are God. See, you and I have the choice of believing this. See, you and I have the choice of saying, you know what? I'm either going to believe it or I'm not. See, we must begin as a people of God to begin to exercise our faith to its fullest. It's not an easy thing. I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. But see, we have the word of God to remind us of these things. We have your, you have your experiences that you've had with the Lord to remind you of these things. And as God has spoken to us on faith, he wants us to leave this place with a renewed mind and saying, you know what, Lord, you can do all things. Help me. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with those places that I limit you as God, that I put you in this little box. 
Instead of allowing you to just work powerfully and, and to do wonders and to do miracles. This is what God wants from us. See, as we live in these last days, understand this. We are living in, our, in the last days. There is no doubt in my mind that these are not the last days and God is coming soon. The Lord is coming for his church. The Lord is going to rapture his church. The Lord is going to take us. We're going to, as I've been sharing, we're going to hear that trumpet. We're going to hear the voice of an archangel. And we're going to see the Lord in, a, in the clouds. And we're going to be gone in the twinkle of an eye. The Lord hasn't come back yet. And because he hasn't come back yet, you and I, let's start exercising our faith in a big God that wants to do great things and big things through us. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give you all an opportunity. I'm going to give here everyone an opportunity. First of all, if you're not right with the Lord or you think, you know, or you believe within your heart, you know there's things separating you from the Lord. Whether it be your lifestyle, whether it be sin, whatever it is, you know, it's a time to make things right. And then I'm going to just have those that are lacking in this area. And believe me, it's, it's very common. It's not, don't think then the devil is going to be saying, well, you know what? You're the only one. Many are like this. And God wants to make a change in us. And so we're going to ask him to do that change in us. As we allow him to renew our minds. To have our faith increase. So that he can do miracles and wonders through us. So let us close our eyes. Let us bow our heads. And I'm going to give those, first of all, an opportunity. I'm going to give those an opportunity that aren't right with the Lord. Maybe you've never surrendered yourself. Maybe you did surrender and it really wasn't real, and, or maybe it was, and then you decided to walk back into the world, and now you're practicing sin, and, and you know your walk isn't right, and you know that your sin is separating you from him, and it's time to make things right with God. If you know that this is you, and you want to make things right, you want to come to him, you want to ask for his forgiveness, you want to have that relationship with him that you know that, that isn't there, and you want it back, and you want to return to your first love, Raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord, you saw. You saw the hand that went up, Lord. You saw that, Lord, they know something's missing. They know that their life isn't right and they want you in and they want you to forgive them and they want you to restore this fellowship. Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking. Holy Spirit, thank you for convicting. And I just pray now for this person that raised his hand as he knows that you died for his sins and you rose from the dead. 
that he would completely yield to you. That he would completely just surrender his life. No turning back. Holy surrendering to you. Thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. And I thank you, Lord, for the, the work that you're going to do through. And I pray this in Jesus' name. What I'm going to do now is uh, as worship is going on, for those of you that need that need help with your unbelief, I'm going to ask that that you would just stand up and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that this unbelief of yours that it would be replaced with complete trust and faith in Him. So for those of you that want prayer in this area, that want to just come to the Lord just as this man did, go ahead and stand up as the worship is going on. see all of these standing, Lord. These are standing, Lord, because they need help. They're admitting to you, Lord, that they have their doubts, their unbelief. And we know that as we acknowledge these things, then we know that you can can work with our hearts, you can work with our minds. For all these that are standing up, I just pray, I pray, Lord, that, that as they heard your word, as your spirit is working now within them, that you will teach them how to walk by faith. That you will teach them how to surrender themselves in this area where they lack. 
It's a time to come before you, Lord, and just to ask you to help us, to help us with our unbelief. We want to see miracles through our lives. We want to see wonders as Joshua reminded us through our lives. And we just want to tell you that we're sorry for hindering that because of our lack of faith. Lord, I know that you can move. I know that as we believe, as we come to a place of just believing in you, even though we have doubts, even though we have unbelief, even though the enemy is, is trying to help us or trying to move us into a place of, of unbelief, may that not happen anymore, Lord. We call upon you, Holy Spirit, just to begin to just fill our hearts and our minds with this truth that we heard today that as we walk from this place that we would be changed and transformed because of surrendering this very thing to you. We nail this to the cross, Lord. And we believe it in faith that as we nail this to the cross, that you will begin to work. That you will begin to work in this area in our lives. Lord, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see you work, Lord. Show yourself mighty through these people. Through these people that have stood up, Lord. Allowing you into this closet within their hearts, Lord. Because we know, Lord, that this was an area that we didn't let you in. You have full control now, Lord. Move powerfully, Holy Spirit. Fall afresh upon us. May we be a people of great faith for your glory and for your honor to bring you worship and praise and adoration. It's not about us. It's all about you. Help us to take the back seat and help us to yield to you. Lord, I just love you, Lord, for the word that you've spoken. Thank you for reminding us of how important it is to have faith so that you can move powerfully wonderfully, marvelously, amazingly. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. And uh, as Nancy closes us in a final song of worship.
your holy name here tonight and we ask Lord that you would be glorified through us and that we would live radically for you Lord and it's in Jesus name that I pray amen